louder. Live from the Black Lodge, it's me, the free will burning, head turning, ass kicking, machismo dripping, master podcasting mouthpiece of the Southeast, uncontested superstar of the airwaves, and your reigning and defending podcast champion of the world, Brandon A. Lane, bringing you a special edition of the Rants from the Black Lodge podcast. Now, the month of March brings to mind many things ranging from leprechauns and St. Patrick's Day festivities. But to sports fans, this month is special because of March Madness, where Division I college teams duke it out for basketball supremacy. Now, basketball may not be our thing, but here at the Rants from the Black Lodge podcast, we love our heavy metal. So, in 2022, we're going to continue our new tradition in the style of that famed NCAA single elimination tournament with a hard rockin' twist. Tonight, the Rant Army will album by album, song by song, whittle down the Judas Priest catalog to decide once and for all which head-banging anthem will reign supreme. Album by album, each panelist will have two minutes to argue their pick for the best song, and the tune with the most votes will advance in the tournament. In the event that each panelist picks a different song, there will be an elimination vote, and the two remaining songs will be voted on with only one moving to the next round. This will continue until there is only one song left standing. Each album and song will be designated a random number to correlate with its bracket position to keep the matches up and unbiased as possible. So let's crank the volume to 11 and let's go crazy. But first, here's some messages from our sponsors. Madcap 3 Entertainment presents FrankenCon. On Saturday, May 14th, Joe Bob is back in town and he's bringing Darcy the Mill Girl with him. And it's a Nightmare on Elm Street 2 reunion as the Scream Queen himself, Mark Patton, will be on hand along with Nightmare 2 and Hellraiser Bloodline star Kim Myers and Nightmare 2, Alone in the Dark and Wishmaster 2 director Jack Shoulder will all be in attendance. Along with Texas Chainsaw Massacre star John Dugan, a.k.a. Grandpa. As well as the rare appearance by Pumpkinhead, Society, and Silent Night Deadly Night Part 5 star Brian Brimmer. And get ready to rock with the horror band The Casket Creatures. And last but not least, Nigel Bach, Bad Ben franchise director and actor, will be gracing us with his presence. FrankenCon takes place on Saturday, May 14th at the Hilton Knoxville Airport on 2001 Alcoa Highway, Alcoa, Tennessee. VIP and general admission tickets on sale now at frankencontn.com. VIP tickets are limited and going fast and include activities like a full screening of Nightmare 2 with the live cast commentary. For more info on prices and activities, visit us on Facebook or Instagram at frankencontn or on frankencontn.com. See you on Saturday, May 14th for the first annual FrankenCon. Card subject to change. 
Rob Halford, KK Downing, Glenn Tipton, Ian Hill, Les Binks, Dave Holland, Scott Travis, and Tim Ripper Owens. Throughout the years, the names have changed, but the metal has stayed the same. Hard, heavy, and hell-bent for leather. Tonight, we bow at the altar of men who are legends separately, but united, they are gods. Metal gods! The songs will be killer and the battle will be bloody, but let's get ready to rock! After much torturous preliminary debate, we have whittled down the immense Judas Priest catalog down to just eight stellar albums. Tonight, we crank up the dial to 11 and we pit Priest album against Priest album and then Priest song against Priest song. But only one can win Heavy Metal March Madness. I'm your host, Brandon A. Lane, and with me tonight are a couple of soldiers of metal. Give it up for Fat Tony and Fat Fuck Scott. Woo! After COVID and and death and just, just oh my God. I'm so glad to be back. This is the only time I get to be around other men. I live with three teenagers <laughs> and my wife and two female dogs. <laughs> I need this testosterone. <laughs> Rob Halper would know what I mean. <laughs> We mean that with all, all, all love. love. All love. I, I have said this to the guys right before recording. I would suck Rob Halford off in front of my wife. Out of to respect. To completion. Out of respect. Out of respect, love, and gratitude for the joy he's given me my entire life. Mm. Well, Fat Fuck Scott, are you glad to be here as well? I feel like this fucking episode was cursed because every time we'd be like set a date, like something would happen. Somebody would get sick. Computers like, breaking down. Yeah, just... I got like a so little fix. I got like a little fix getting to go to Central Cinema for the Valentine, My Bloody Valentine double feature and get to hang with Brandon there for a minute. And Brent. We love you, Brent. <laughs> but it's not the same as getting to come here to the Black Lodge and record an episode. Yeah, this has been long overdue. And our episode we did last year, uh, chronologically uh, breaking down the original eight Black Sabbath albums and coming to the uh, unique and undisputed decision that NIB is the greatest Aussie-era Black Sabbath song. Absolutely. We, we hope to accomplish the same thing tonight with Judas Priest. But before <clears throat> we get into the... Um, the bracket tournament, I thought we should talk about just our love of Judas Priest and, you know, things involved. Scott, what does Judas Priest mean to you? Uh, I actually was more of an Iron Maiden fan growing up, but then, like, as you get older, your tastes develop and slightly change, and then I realized uh, uh, Priest is better overall to me. Um, there have been more, uh, what's the word? Every album is almost fantastic. There's almost a song for everybody. Uh, even my wife loves Judas Priest, which says something because she doesn't have any taste whatsoever. Um, <laughs> it says this motherfucker. Why? It's so. true. It's true. You had to be debated on Texas Chainsaw Massacre. I being a still good don't horror, like the original. You're a monster. Still don't like the original. Um, but I love Judas Priest. We went and saw them, and it was like mind blowing. We had a bunch of hippies sitting in front of us that, like, you actually like this? I'm like, fuck yeah, we do. Uh, yeah. You yelled I, at I, the people sitting down during. Uh, I, yeah. I, I was so incensed. There was, was a so woman asleep yes. yeah. in front of us, and I'm like, God damn it, bitch, get the fuck up! Grabbing the chair, shaking, yep. screaming every lyric. It was a great night, I, and we found a back way into Atlanta that I never knew about. That was fucking <laughs> sweet. No interstate, no bypass. Me and Brandon just had a great time going. Yeah, it was, it was, it was really a wonderful concert. show, and we got to share that all together. Uh, is that the only concert the three of us all have been together? Yeah, yep. 
um, that we should absolutely change that. But uh, it was a, it was a great moment. Mm-hmm. But Tony, you actually got to see the original Judas Priest and the original Black Sabbath on the same 2004 day. 2004 Ozfest, the big reunion tour. I've Black Sabbath is my all time favorite band. I'm sorry, I love Judas Priest. They don't come close. The only band I've ever seen that can hold the stage equally well as Black Sabbath was Judas Priest. The lights go down. A big metallic eye symbol in the background starts getting flashed with lights. The fucking motorcycle. And they kick into what, spoiler alert, I believe is the best song. I won't say which. And I lost. I ripped the chain. We were in the general admission lawn area at the amphitheater. Ripped the chain and the post out of the ground, grabbing it so much, screaming, <laughs> crying like a baby. The entire set, it was orgasmic. Beyond orgasm, orgasms don't even compare. Oh man, this is like a step above orgasm. It was spiritually a life enhancing. Your your I grew a third ball for seven your, hours. Your soul came. I might say it was a soul orgasm. Yes. Yes, and that's what we will achieve in the next Nirvana when we meet uh, Lemmy at Valhalla. Hell, absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> well, getting to see uh, Black Sabbath is something I never had the opportunity to do, but I have seen Judas Priest, and for the longest time, uh, it was always the debate: like, what's the best concert you've ever seen? And I could argue the the minutia and the the intricacies, but seeing Judas Priest in that moment with you know two of my best friends and. And just every song being a fucking anthem and screaming your fucking lungs out. It was absolutely incredible. And fuck that bitch for falling asleep. Um, fuck her to death. I, 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 I sincerely hope that um, you were found in a gutter somewhere. And, Overdosed and, on heroin. <laughs> no, no, <coughs> no. You, no, no, that's, no a die, that's an easy death. I, right. I, 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 hope, I hope you had polyps inside of every one of your orifices, <laughs> and then your lovers would go in there un, unrequited and, and, and unwanted, and they would just pop those things as they're thrusting their members inside of you repeatedly. I apologize. That probably went too far, but we love our no, fucking metal here. Yes. We did not. We've all been briefed on the rules, and we have agreed to abide by the decision of each round. No arguing. Mm. Over the top of one another. We're going, to, we're going to argue our points, but we're not going to interject while the other person is speaking. When you have the floor, you have the floor. And no changing. Just concise debate. Now, first up, we have the qualifying round, and we have painstakingly whittled down the Priest catalog to just eight albums. So, without further ado, let's kick off our qualifying round. All right, the winner of this qualifying round will be assigned the eighth bracket. All right, first album up that we made the cut, Sad Wings of Destiny, was released March 23rd, 1976. Its chart position, it went to number 48 in the UK and number 204 in the US. And for an album that had basically no radio play, that's, that's, not, that's yeah. not too bad, especially considering 1978 is the the point, or 76 is like on that verge where like metal and hard rock are like really starting mm-hmm. to like take, you know, the reins and like uh, pull the public demand uh, where we haven't quite crossed over into disco territory. But when rock ruled, this is the point where it, you know, the, the scale is tipping. <clears throat> Album status, as far as it's, uh, you know, is it gone platinum gold? We don't know. Uh, the record company who owns the first two priest route, uh, records called Gull Records, mm-hmm. and um, just put it this way, 
they're a little bit shady. They may be mafia involved, and <laughs> we don't know how how many albums this album has sold. But there's no fucking way that one of the greatest priest albums of all time has not at least gone gold, if not platinum. I have by now. I'd say definitely platinum. platinum. There's no fucking way. So let's break down. The track listing, number one, Victim of Changes. Number two, The Ripper, which was released as a single in the UK. It didn't chart. Uh, Number three, Dreamer Deceiver. Number four, Deceiver, which was released as a single in Japan. It did not chart. Number five, Prelude. Number six, Tyrant. Number seven, Genocide. Number eight, Epitaph. And number nine, Island of Domination. All right. First up, two minutes on the clock, Fat Tony. What is your pick? Three, two, one, go. This is one of those albums that was really hard for me. My pick is Tyrant. And it's on the album version of this song. I If they argue against me, I can't really argue. Tyrant. Blah, 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 tyrant. <laughs> but hearing this song live like I have... It, it it is it it just blasts ass, man. Completely, it is fucking amazing. It's fun. It's starting to give you a little bit of a vision of their future as like a you know the gallopy metal kind of songs that they would become known for. They still haven't honed in the sound completely. The opening is kind of wonky. They had a little bit too much going on right there in the first couple seconds vocally. You know the overlapping tracks, but Tyrant to me after three listens to front to back of this album is the song that sticks out that I keep wanting to listen to. I don't need two minutes. That's my time. All right. I will reset the clock. Okay, Scott, you're up. Three, two, one, go. I will say that the Priest concert we went to was amazing, except for one thing. My favorite Priest song of all time did not get played, and it's off this album. It's Victim of Changes. I absolutely adore this song. It's basically them kind of dabbling in prog for a minute because it's two different songs combined, but it like has the slow and then it builds and the different ch- uh, the time changes. Everything about it, you get to hear his lowest to his highest all in one song. Um, it's a, it tells a story, and I absolutely adore this song. If it does not at least move past this round, I will probably go outside and kill myself. Okay, that's all I need to say. <laughs> Well, I got a reason to vote against it. I'm just playing. That's horrible. It's a good choice. All right, reset the clock. Three, two, one, go. All right, I got an underdog choice. My choice is Dreamer Deceiver. It's not your typical balls the wall heavy metal banger. It's an introspective progressive rock track that tells a cosmic tale of extraterrestrial discovery. This is not going to be your cup of tea for everybody, but smoke a J, maybe have a couple (laughs) shots of whiskey, watch the fucking sunset. This is a perfect fucking song. It's borderline hippie shit, um, but Halford's vocals are they're effortless. There's still that rasp and power to his vocal, but the delivery is so seamless and smooth. You have to remember that this is the days before there was just this auto-tuning and like cut-and-paste production. What you're hearing is a band like on the cusp of infamy. Uh, speaking of which, here's a piece of trivia. Sad Wings of Destiny is the only Priest album to feature Alan Moore on drums, who is absolutely fucking on fire on Dreamer Deceiver. Slow-tempered beats, and they cascade into this sweeping crash cymbals. It gives me chills every time I hear it. Everyone is on point. 
<coughs> twin guitars make you love your your ear like they make love to your ears. It's just like you, you're getting sonically fucked. It's it's so fucking good. And Halford brings it all together with these spacey lyrics. He said, "In the cosmos is a single sonic sound that is vibrating constantly, and if we could grip and hold on to the note, we would see our minds were free." Oh, they're free. Total hippie shit, but I fucking love it. I can see my time. Dreamer Deceiver, best song on fucking Sad Wings mm. of Destiny. Okay. Now, based simply on the arguments that we have made, would anybody like to change their... I may fold later on different albums, because, again, it's like, some albums throw a fucking dart, and it's, it's, all, you know, good. You, it's all good. But on this one, I'm, I'm not fucking folding at all. I, I kind of got a, like, you had the better argument, but I like Scott's, like, song choice and reason why, and, like, so I'm going to have to, I'm going to have to go with Scott. But this was, this was one of those albums, yeah. you know, my pick was a, a song I really like, but I'm not, I'm not do or die. There's two, uh, two songs on here that I'll defend to the death, one to both of y'all's deaths. <laughs> but uh like this one like scott's right i do like dreamer deceiver i get your point it is a good song i think back in the day i might have even listened to it on acid i don't know i put on a lot of shit when i was tripping but scott's choice is the superior of the well listen i'm not gonna argue that it, it overall in terms of marketability and going forward mm -hmm. with the band like this is one of their banner tracks mm -hmm. as is one we did not pick victim of changes yeah and you know or know why scott he'd ever perform this song when we saw him live because there's no fucking way he could he's get performing the it on this no tour well, the 50th anniversary yeah, tour he's not, he can, i've seen him do a lot he can he does the thing that he does where he reserves his voice yeah, for the killer notes and yeah. then like kind of fudges the other ones but Come on. The, dude, like, the dude's in his 70s. He, we're lucky he can sing at all. When he did Painkiller, he still fucking nailed it. Granted, it was the last song they played. Well, because the, you know why? Because it poured all out the end. They fucking they threw, they threw him into an iron lung. And, <laughs> <laughs> and once his power reserves had been uh, given back, uh, they gave him uh, a like a mm. like a quintuplet of of young Asian boys to uh, yeah to, 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 suck, <laughs> to leech the testosterone out of. After reading his biography, I know for a fact he likes a man in uniform, so it was probably a bunch of heavily ripped Marines or something backstage. I mean, fair enough. Security officers. Fair yeah. enough. I, uh, whatever whatever his That's preference is, uh, no judgments. Um, I th Thank you, Halford. Uh, whatever you got to do to keep your voice tip-top, lobe them. Mm -hmm. uh, uh, Real lobe quick side story before we get to the next episode. I was dating somebody who was kind of a bitch back in the day, and Rob Halford came out in the 90s when I was in high school and ooh, it still wasn't gay. Yeah. Like, ha, 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 did you hear the lead singer Judas Priest is gay? I'm like, oh, that makes sense. Did not care in the least. No homophobia. It was pretty much writing on the wall. I was just like, okay, it's definitely confirmed. Good for him. Mm -hmm. Back of my head. Hey man, I'd jack it. You know, probably at that time wouldn't have sucked him <laughs> off, but I'd have touched. I'd have gave him a handy still. I just, I was mad that and his. You have to what wear was a, it? Pig, that like the Trent Reznor produced album he put out only uh, had one good song. Two, two. That's two. when they. He was wearing the eyeliner and everything. Yeah, that was the only thing that upset me. Was that that album sucked? Well, and I paid full I, price. I, I, I give the guy credit. He he he's had the opportunity because of his status as the metal god to be able and to go out and do different things. Didn't he do a Christmas album? He did. Mm -hmm. Yeah, uh, that's uh, yep. Halford 
three or four. Yeah, that's um, one of them. But it's, uh, it's, it's fine for what it is. I mean, if you're in the mood for some heavier Christmas songs, it's definitely better that, that than King the, Diamond Rocks. I made a, a heavy metal Christmas album, like, like a playlist around Christmas, and that's all we listened to in the car when I was driving. So I had that album on there. All right, let's move on to... Hold on, before we move on, can we all agree on one thing? Sideways of Destiny has one of the coolest fucking album covers of all time. Yeah. That I'll is so that's fucking a really good iconic. Album cover. No one is going to argue with that so fucking album. It is so beautiful. It is absolutely fantastic. I get that as a tattoo. It's gorgeous. All right. Qualifying round number two. We have Stained Class. The winner of this qualifying round will be assigned bracket number five. It was released February 10th, 1978. It charted at number 27 in the UK and 207 in the US. So we're starting to, to inch up those charts. Uh, went gold. Uh, respectable in yeah. the day, but you know, not, not quite the heights that they would reach later on. Uh, let's break down the track listing. Number one, Exciter. Number two, White Heat Red Hot. Number three, Better By You, Better Than Me, which is a spooky tooth cover. It was released as a single. It did not chart, but it did cause some people to blow their fucking brains out. Uh, number, yeah. number, <laughs> number four, Stained Class. Number five, Invader. Number six, Saints in Hell. Number seven, Savage. Number eight, Beyond the Realms of Death. Number nine, Heroes end. All right. Two minutes on the clock. Scott, you're up first. Three, two, one, go. I didn't realize I'd done it back to back, but the first song on the album is my favorite song on the album, Exciter. Uh, it's proto-thrash at its earliest and finest. It just builds all the way up until his final ear-splitting scream at the end. Um, I love everything about it. It makes me want to get in a car and drive 90 in the opposite lane on oncoming traffic. In a school um, zone. In a school zone. Um, and by the time he hits that final scream, uh, it feels like he's coming and I'm coming along with him. And I love that about this song. <laughs> oh yeah. And that's it. I don't need two minutes. All right. I'm going to reset. I speak fast. <laughs> I'm going to re- reset the time and I will be going in three, two, one. All right, my choice is Beyond the Realms of Death. Now, since the inception of heavy metal in 1970, or you could argue maybe 68, but definitely 1970 when Black Sabbath just cranked those three notes that absolutely changed the landscape of popular music, several bands have cranked out masterful and and heavy as fuck tracks, but I decree that Priest accomplished a first in 1978. Beyond the Realms of Death gave heavy metal its first true bona fide anthem uh, beyond the realms of death has been heralded by the it basically is the heavy metal equivalent of stairway to heaven from led zeppelin and certainly that's high praise but i'll insist that against the grain that beyond the realms of death is not only better than stairway to heaven but it may be the single greatest heavy metal song that should have been played on the fucking radio. If this had been played on the radio, I believe that there was enough crossover potential because it lulls you into that that <clears throat> sense of like this is a somewhat melodic, still heavy, but then when that fucking chord rips in and the fucking chorus and like it is just a fucking hammer to the face. This is balls to the wall heavy metal, but it's delivered in such a way it almost like it's... Uh, it's almost like there's a, a, a like a layer of fog over it to, to ease the uh, the ears into people who maybe not want to listen to this sort of thing. KK and Glenn they weave this guitar melody that is just 
the Pied Piper levels of hypnotic. It could track uh, trick a person into his who isn't into heavy metal into continuing to listen because it slowly emerges them deeper and deeper into the verse. So when the chorus comes along, it's like just getting your ball sucked by a lady who really knows how to use her fucking tongue. It's it's fucking fantastic. <laughs> Halford once again proves his skill as a lyricist with these amazing passages. Withdrawn, he sat there staring into space. No sign of life would flicker on his face. Well, I can see my time. All right. Two minutes on the clock. Fat Tony, what is your choice? Three, two, one, go. This is what this is so bad because there's two reasons I picked this song. One, this was directly referenced in a youth uh, like meeting we had in church school. The oh, name wow. of this song and the band, like it was the biggest fucking boo. I think I was right before middle school. It's like fifth grade. Saints in Hell by the band Judas Priest. And also, this is the one that, this is one of those ones that I can't make arguments against my song being better than either one of those. I just fucking love this song. <laughs> and I think because it was demonized in my youth, it gives it that extra layer of naughtiness. It's just, this is bad. You're going to hell for listening to this. It's a good groove. It's, it's just, it's, it's, again, Judas Priest being Judas Priest. But, yeah, the main reason that Brandon just said, we were talking about how hard it was picking this. Brandon said this is a perfect album front to back. I mean, mm-hmm. there's there's lulls. I won't say a perfect album, but it practically is. I'll fucking hit you. you, you and you'll break your fist. <laughs> but uh, I'm just saying, Saints in Hell is the, is the one this time listening through that kept jumping out. I concede my time. All right. Based simply off the arguments, would anybody like to change their answer? I think we all have strong arguments. I'm going to change my answer because your song I'm is also. We're both. We, me and me and Scott are both folding to a correct answer. I won't say I love the correct. The death. It's a great song. That's a great fucking song. But man, like it was the second option for me. I think I can't remember. We had a Canadian preacher at my church at that time. I can't remember his last. I know, and they were like totally Canadian, but like saints in hell. They want to send all the good people down to hell to burn. Which, if and I know that you went to church school, so you would have more of an insight to this than I would. But this whole song is about. Either something from the Bible, or it may be from one of the Gnostic texts, where the saints are in hell, and then uh, some they're awakened uh, during the second coming of Christ, or yeah, something like that. I, I'm, I don't know. You, the, you just went way deeper than I. I just remember <laughs> being afraid. Heavy metal, bad. Judas Priest. Oh my God, they're so Judas. Fuck, man. I used to listen to Deicide, and the only album my mom ever threw away was Nine Inch Nails, The Downward Spiral, sitting right by Deicide's Once Upon a Cross. If you're going to throw away an album for being <laughs> anti-religious, you pick the wrong one. But yeah, this is it's just one of those that's always hung around. I think this next one we might be getting in. No, we still got a little bit to my really strong. Again, early Judas Priest is fucking great. But it's the one, sadly for me, I've revisited the least. Well, I think that's absolutely uh, the opposite for me. Th- this may be my favorite Judas Priest album of all time, and it may be one of my just like this is like a top ten favorite metal album for me, just across the board. I absolutely love Stained Class. This is one of the first albums I ever owned on album, like you know, yeah, record. This was a, a thing that I found at a you know a garage sale, and the album art 
looks like dog shit as opposed yeah. to Sadwing yeah. Destiny. <laughs> it's like the say, Silver like Surfer Destro or something it, getting stabbed in the head. Yeah, I don't I don't fucking know where they came up with this shit, but it does debut that the the classic Judas Priest mm-hmm. fucking logo, yes. which prior to this point, you know, there there had been the, the cool logo of like the you know that has the the uh, the forked devil tail intertwined mm-hmm. and all that, but the classic Priest logo debuted on this album, and for that reason alone, it absolutely has to be on this list. But uh, continuing on in the uh, bracket tournament, we have Beyond the Realms of Death taking number five, and let's move on to. Round number three, and this one's going to be, I'm sure, a divisive one as well. Uh, released in the UK as Killing Machine, but here in good old-fashioned USA, it's known as Hell Bent for Leather. The winner of this qualifying round will be assigned bracket number seven. It was released October 9th in 1978 in the UK and in the US. It was released sometime in 1979. We don't have a, a hard date, but probably within six months of that release date. Uh, Chart position, 32 in the UK, number 128 in the US. So we're we're, we're still still climbing, still climbing. Album status, gold, which I kind of found a little little odd. I figured by now it would have been platinum. But this is still a lot of uh, deeper cuts and some things that like they're known for playing in their live set, but they're not really a lot of single, big singles off this album. Number one, Delivering the Goods. Number two, Rock Forever. Number three, Evening Star, which was released as a single. It charted number 53 in the UK. Number four, Hell Bent for Leather. Number five, Take on the World, which was released as a single. It charted number 14 in the UK. Number six, Burning Up. Number seven, Green Metalishi with the Two-Prong Crown, which is a Fleetwood Mac cover, Mm -hmm. of all things. Released as a single in the US. It unfortunately did not chart. Number eight is Killing Machine. Number nine, Running Wild. Number ten, Before the Dawn, which was released as a single. It also did not chart. And eleven, Evil Fantasies. I'm going to start this round off. Two minutes on the clock. Three, two, one. There is no better moment in seeing a band live than when it comes to that one song that's going to get every person, young, old, otherwise, on their fucking feet, off their asses, and it's going to cause them to erupt into singing. Green Manalishi with the two-pronged crown is that song and boast among the greatest sing-along portions in the history of not only heavy metal, but just music in general. Oh, oh, I know I'm a terrible singer, but that's... When you hear this song, you can't... I have fucking goosebumps (laughs) just doing it. It's fucking amazing. And getting to see this live, this was... You said you had a fucking cosmic orgasm. Like, this this was the moment where lightning hit the tip of my dick and it surged <laughs> through every orifice of my body i saw it i it, i i was like you know in fucking mortal Kombat, where uh where christopher lambert has fucking lightning coming from his eyes and his fingers and stuff it was that but it was a feeling it was more than a feeling it was so fucking <laughs> real awesome. priest is the un in the uncommon position of being able to do a cover song and completely change the public opinion in terms of ownership they've done this multiple times but green manalishi is the best example because most people don't even realize this is a fleetwood mac song um so peter green who wrote the lyrics um but there's no other person on the planet who could deliver them with more power or conviction than robert halford that being said, 
the absolute star on this track is Ian Hill. The the bass is just fucking phenomenal. The backbeat of this song just chugs along, and this is a heart pumping pace. Every moment of this song could just could just fall off, and the bass line is there to keep you in the moment. Too many people sleep on sleep on how important Ian is to Priest, but he's I can see my time. All right, two minutes on the clock. Tony, you're up. Three, two, one, go. Hellbent, hellbent forever. I'm sorry, it is a beer drinking, party along fucking song. Title track in America. It is one of the, like, I have heard it live. I don't, did they play it in Atlanta? Mm -hmm. Yeah, they played it. It's just a good fucking party song. You're not wrong about anything you said about Green Mind Unleashed with the Two Prong Crown. It's a fucking amazing cover. But help, like when you think Judas Priest, there are several visual cues that just pop in your mind. Motorcycle, leather jackets, maybe gas and bars. Who knows? No judgment, man. I want to be there. <laughs> Tell me when he's there. I'll go. But like, you know, Hellbent for Leather is just like when you talk about anthems before. That's just a good party metal anthem. You put it on. You have a good time. It, it kind of shares a weird same space of party anthem kind of metal songs as like certain motorhead songs. I fucking love it. I do feel strongly about this one. Hellbent for Leather is my choice for best song on this album. I concede my time. Alright, reset the clock. <coughs> two minutes, Scott. Three, two, one, go. It's three for three so far. I went with delivering the goods. Something about that strange string at the beginning with the tapping, just it sets it up to make it, you know that's going to be a fun song. It's another classic. As a kid, I thought this song was about getting in fights. As I got older and dug more into lyrics, I realized it was about uh, more extracurricular activities. Uh, looking for extra satisfaction, all right. Um, <laughs> a lot of double entendres, but the riff, the way he goes into the riff at the beginning of the thing, uh, that, that tapping part, I, I love the way they do that. Um, it's it's just a fun song, and from what I'm gathering, I love fun songs. I don't know why, it's just something that sticks with me. Um, I do love Green Man Alishi, and Hellbent for Leather is like probably top three of their most famous songs of all time. But I love delivering the goods. Uh, when they played it live, I fucking lost my mind. So uh, that's what I'm going to do with. But I like y'all's arguments, so now I'm fucking confused. <laughs> good. It's good. We're done. We're done. I'm confused. Okay. Because y'all are both right. Based off of the arguments, would anybody like to change their pick? I ain't backing down from shit on this one. Hell I gotta go with Hellbent for Leather. I mean, it is like... If we're sticking with the hits, then yeah, like it. I told them before, I don't have a lot of deep cuts in my shit. Their hits are the hits for a reason. It's probably, like, if I think of Painkiller's my favorite Jesus Priest album, but when I first, the first song comes to my head is probably Hellbent for Leather when I think about them. Because it's Rob Halford. It's Rob Halford. I, I can't argue against Hellbent for Leather, but I if you would allow me, just. Another 10 I mean, seconds. Green Manalishi is the moment in the concert where everybody is united. Now, I, I agree. Hellbent for Leather is a cool moment. He comes out on the motorcycle. It's 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 crowd interaction. But in a live setting, the, Green Manalishi is the song that steals the show. Now, if you guys still want to vote for Hellbent for Leather, I'm not going to argue that point because it's a fucking amazing song. 
but I can't endorse a song. It's a cover. written by a Filthy Witch. Funny. Oh my god! No, I love I love their version. It's fucking amazing. But I'm not bad. Hellbent for Leather is a fucking classic. Hellbent. If we're com- like if we're gonna compare covers, I'm gonna. Well, never mind. There's another song that's a very famous cover they do. That I prefer. Oh, you're wrong. <laughs> I know what you're I talking know. about. Cream I know. I am wrong. Cream I know I'm in one of the best cover songs of all it's time. It's a great cover song, but it's still a cover song. Hellbent for Leather is Judas Priest. Yeah. All right. Hellbent for Leather is moving on in the qualifying round. Oh, I let's, got one. Let's move on to qualifying round number four. The winner of this qualifying round will be assigned bracket position number two. Released on April 14th, 1980, we have British Steel. It charted number four in the UK and 34 in the US. So we're starting to see like this is their le- big breakthrough. legitimate mainstream success. Platinum in the US. That's that says it all right there. This album persists t- to this day. Number one, Breaking the Law, which was released as a single, charted number twelve in the UK. Oddly enough, didn't chart in America. Weird. Yeah, very uh, heavy rotation on MTV, but. Um, you know, as far as radio airplay, this was not their biggest hit. Number two, Rapid Fire. Number three, Metal Gods. Number four, Grinder. Number five, United. Released as a single, it charted number 26. Uh, number six, Living After Midnight, which is also released as a single, it charted number 12 in the UK. Number seven, You Don't Have to Be Old to Be Wise. Number eight, The Rage. Number nine, Steeler. All right, two minutes on the clock. Tony, three, two, one, go. This is the one I told them they'd make fun of me because it's so stereotypical, but fucking breaking the law, man. This is their paranoid. It is quick. You can't hear that down, 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 and not get fucking just pumped as shit. And it is, it, it, it is a quick one-two punch. It's like under three minutes. It's fucking amazing. Lyrically, it's kind of sad now when you realize he might have been just talking about his existence as a gay man in Europe at the time was technically, England at the time was illegal, so it makes it sad, but this is a fucking party anthem. It hits. It doesn't overstay its welcome. It fucking sends chills. It's an all-time classic. Beavis and fucking Butthead in the 90s when everything was alternative and they were still singing fucking uh, Breaking the Law making it famous, bringing it back again. It's super cliche. There's no wrong answers on this album. Mm-hmm. There's like two wrong answers, but mostly, <laughs> like, this is fucking gold. But, man, breaking the fucking law is, like, just... Uh, I yield my time. Okay. Two I minutes. Hate following you. Two minutes on the clock. <laughs> I, will, I will be the next one up. Three, we go. two, one... All right, the album British Still is often held in high regard among critics and historians. The album is the song, I mean, it boasts Breaking the Law, Living After Midnight, Rapid Fire, all songs that to varying degrees hold a high place either within the, the priest canon or in terms of chart success. But in my humble opinion, the uncontested best track on the Banner 1980 album is Metal Gods. Now, by now, you're probably starting to see a pattern in my choices. I love the anthems. I, I the, the kind of song that makes you like just beat your chest like an ape and scream at the top of your lungs like a Viking running, running into battle. Metal Gods is another lyrically interesting track. It leans heavy into the sci-fi. It's basically like Mechagodzilla um, fighting, you know, destroying buildings and shit. It's just fucking fantastic. Okay, here's some lyrics. 
From off I've seen my perfection where we could do as we please in secrecy this inflection was spreading like a disease, hiding underground, knowing we'd be found, fearing for our lives, reaped by robot scythes, metal gods, boom, 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 boom. The song Metal Gods is so synonymous with the band that Halford is known as the Metal God. So don't take that lightly. The last time I checked, they don't call Glenn uh, uh, Glenn Grinder or KK Steeler or Ian the Rage. This song is so synonymous with the lead singer that it's one of their you know, pillar songs. Metal Gods isn't just the best choice, but quite frankly, it's the only choice. I yield my time. Have fun with that, man. You're oh. coming after we can, we're both hot like and this. heavy. I don't like this. It's the first track again. I might smack you. <laughs> Three, two, one, go. The streak is broken. It's not the first track. It's the second track. I love rapid fire uh, as much as Br uh, Brandon loves to, you know, do his his over the top, his sing along songs, his anthems, as you like he likes to call them. Um, I love really fast, really heavy, like balls to the wall priest. That's my kind of thing. And rapid fire is one of those. And I was. Before Thrash was Thrash songs. It's so fucking fast. It's infectious. Uh, the quick fills and the, dr the drums may be my favorite part of the entire song, honestly. Um, it's just so fucking manly. Now, I am fucked on the all's two arguments because I love, like, every. This is the, probably the first album where I was just like, oh shit, throw a dart. Um, but, yeah, I'm, I'm gonna stick with Rapid Fire for now. I'm done. Okay. Can we all agree on one thing, though? Is this probably the most iconic album cover? Oh, well, uh, for Judas Priest, yeah. 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 I, mean, I know it's, de it's definitely not my favorite. It's not the best, favorite, most iconic. But, but in terms of marketability, it is the one that sticks out yeah. in everybody's mind. It's cool. I mean, holding a giant razor blade, that's pretty mm -hmm. fucking iconic. I mean, I, metal metal. I associate the razor blade, you know, with, with Priest, Priest because, you know, for years there was that belt buckle, mm -hmm. you know, the, the razor blade. Uh, and I always wanted that fucking thing, but... Uh, back in those days, you you either got things out of like the back of like Circus Magazine or or Metal Hammer. Or there wasn't like fucking stores that like Dang. just like yeah. sold this shit. Okay, based simply off the arguments, I chose Metal Gods. Tony picked Breaking the Law. You chose Rapid Fire. All all pillars in terms of like recognizability and, and songs that are like, like associated them. with the band. Would anybody like to change their argument? I will. I still feel straight. There's no, neither one of our songs, anyone, but Metal Gods, you are correct. I mean, he is the Metal the God. Metal God. I mean, that's what he is. It is associated. He owns it. Does it give me the, the quick adrenaline rush that Breaking the Law does? No, but it's fucking... I will yield to Metal Gods. See, I'm I'm almost tempted to argue in favor of your song because... Those of you who have ever witnessed the greatness that is me doing karaoke knows yep. that's yeah. that's my go-to. That's yeah. my go-to song because if you want to enrapture a group of people who very well may not want anything to do with metal, you throw them breaking the law. That's going to get the rednecks on their fucking feet, and it'll make the the more uh, urban. Uh, I, I've or seen you apparently do, big bottom by spinal tap. I've, I've, seen, seen, you do, I've seen you do a great. You got another thing yep. coming. <laughs> so yeah, uh, I, 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 man, want, I, I also yield to Metal Gods because it's like 
I love that's probably one of my favorite chant songs. Everybody chants the metal god. Yeah, that thing. I love it. Um, I sing worse than you do. Holy shit! Fuck. <clears throat> but it's, it's can, a great song. I can actually, I, do I can actually do break breaking the you law. You can do breaking the law. I hit those high notes. Another good cover though is Motorhead's version of Breaking the Law. I love that. Motor, yeah. Motorhead uh, does great covers of fucking everything. Yeah. They could cover the entire uh, Jesus Christ Superstar and it'd be the most metal thing you ever fucking heard. <laughs> Damn right. Okay. Um, Oof. Man, I, I hate to even argue against myself, but it seems that you guys have... Cons- we both have yeah. Metal Gods will continue into the next round. God, it's crazy to think. I'm trying not to like just pick all the the obvious ones, but it's very hard it's not hard. to. They're great. It's crazy to think. Like I, I really, I, I really thought that Breaking the Law would be taking this because uh, I'm wanting to argue songs that uh, are iconic, but maybe the number A, like the number one B to number one A. But this will uh, probably be the most divisive thing once this goes live. Like. How did you guys pick well, that that's, that's what makes this interesting. Yeah, yeah. We're, we're, I love hearing everybody's argument. We're just three guys around a microphone. Well, yeah, one of us with their dick out. We're we all, won't say We're it. all 100% correct. Um, yes. Our our assessment is biblical, biblical truth. There is there is there is no there is no arguing against us. This this is like basically at this point, Judas Priest's catalog will be will be just wiped, and these these will be the only songs they're allowed to play publicly. I agree. Oh man. <laughs> All right, qualifying round number five. We have another absolute oh. all-time classic, Screaming for Vengeance. The winner of this qualifying round will be assigned bracket number one. So this will get the number one seed. All right, released July 17th, 1982, number 11 in the UK, number 17 in the US. Album status, two times platinum God in the United right. States. America fell in love with heavy metal between 1980 and 1982. This was this was our heyday in terms mm-hmm. of like mainstream mainstream popularity. It would be ultimately raped later on in the decade by <laughs> hair metal bands and stuff yeah. like that. But for for a gleaming moment, we had the world by the fucking balls. It was a great time. Number one, The Hellion. Number two, Electric Eye, which was released as a single, charted at number 38 in the U.S. Number three, Riding on the Wind. Number four, Bloodstone. Number four, Take These, Chains, released as a single. It did not chart. Uh, Number six, Pain and Pleasure. Number seven, Screaming for Vengeance. And number eight, You've Got Another Thing Coming, which was released as a single. It charted number 66 in the U.K. and number four in the U.S., Number nine, Fever. Number ten, Devil's Child. With two minutes on the clock, Scott, three, two, one, go. This is arguably my second favorite Priest album of all time, so this was really, really difficult. I love this entire album back to front, even the lesser than songs to some people. I would like to say that another thing coming is probably what I'd choose, just because of the single greatest line in music, I'm coming on you, but I'm going with... Screaming for Vengeance. The whole song is a fucking anthem. You get Rob Halford at the, like, probably near the peak of his powers with the wailing in the background. It's like synchronizing with himself. That is so fucking metal. Um, I, like I said earlier, I love powerful songs. I love great riffs. And I love solos. And it's all encompassed in this one song. This is a diamond, if there ever was one. This song is perfect to me. That's all I need. Okay, I'm resetting the clock. Two minutes on. Tony, three, 
two, one, go. I hate to argue this. This is like the unstoppable force meets the immovable object, because <laughs> Scott had a point with the song, but it is wrong. There is factually one perfect Judas Priest song, and it is Electric Eye. There is no other song better. That was the opening fucking song on their reunion tour when I saw them in 2004. That was the major set piece. And yes, I don't like your rule of having to split the hell in with Electric Eye because they I never have. I Not agree. once. If they, it's it's the, the way the, way the brackets. I don't care. Even without the kick-ass intro of the hell in, Electric Eye lyrically gives you the cool story. Actually kind of getting political a little bit. Lots of CCTV starting to come up in England. The fucking lyrics, the vocals, the guitar, everything comes together for a moment of or spiritually orgasmic perfection. So as much as Screaming for Vengeance is amazing, it's like, it's wrong. It's Electric Eye. Anything you say that's not Electric Eye is wrong and I won't be mad. I'm not, I apologize for your wrongness. I yield my time. Some bullshit. I completely agree. Like, if you do not split up the Hellion Electric Eye, it's Hellion slash Electric Eye. Okay. the the reason The reason is because, as far as the writer, the Writers Guild, they are considered two separate songs, and on the CD and in streaming terms, they are two separate tracks. Mm -mm. Now, little spoiler: years ago, Fat Tony and I did this uh, drunk, just on a whim, and this was the song that we picked. Because it's a correct we, song. But we put them together. So That's the difference even without, for me. Anyway. That intro, that slow intro, the builds, and then the, the string. Anyway, what's your incorrect yeah. choice? Uh, Three, two, one. All right. First off, let me say, start by saying that Screaming for Vengeance has absolutely earned its spot in the Judas Priest pantheon. But... It's as close to perfect as an album as you're going to get from a metal band. And not to, to mention, from a band that boasts a couple more albums that are all killer, no filler. Um, but if you placed a gun to my head and a knife to my crotch, and I was forced to choose only one priest track to take to my grave with me, and this is going to be a song that is going to be you're not going to agree with, and I'm fine oh, with man. that, but it is my absolute favorite uncontested Judas Priest song of all time, Riding on the Wind. The song explodes from the ether with a thunderous drum solo courtesy of classic priest drummer Dave Holland, only to squeal these breaks with the twin guitars, the KK and Glenn, they whiplash the fuck out of your stereo, the riff that is so sharp it could carve a horn into a rhino. It just, like, just, just... Break that fucking ivory right off its fucking head. We proceed with a barrage of open chords that drive you into the verse where Halford belts out notes that would make a dog's head explode. They're so fucking high. Um, and also, I cannot stress this enough. Do not listen to this song in your car because if you do, you're going to break the goddamn sound barrier because you're physically impossible not to speed while listening to it. I realize that I'm going to be in the minority, but goddamn what a fucking metal song this this is what I fucking think of. Fast riffs, screeching vocals, thunderous bass, mortar shells from hell drum work. Riding on the wind could cure cancer, but it will kill you from the excitement. It's that goddamn good. I yield my fucking time, and I'm prepared to fucking lose this. As you should. I'm not saying 
anything you said there was wrong. It's a good song. It's a, a great, great song. Album. It's a great album. Electric Eye is a Judas Priest staple for a fucking reason. Electric Eye. Electric Eye saves babies. Okay, let me, no let, babies die when Judas Priest is playing Electric let me, Eye. Let me, let, me, let me interject. Based simply off the arguments, would anybody like to change their argument? If we can unite Haley and Electric Eye, then I will concede all fucking day. Third. I need that in, that build intro. I, with the, the I don't concede my song. I, Electric I can't if we don't unite the two. Because it's up I to you to pick which one, Brandon, because I'm not backing down. I, I also, you got another thing coming. I also <laughs> cannot back down from my position, not because I know that it's the it's the, the better song. It It's personal for me. So, it's my personal favorite song. That being said, if I had to vote to eliminate one of you two... Fuck! This is sacrilegious. It's like it's like this is like slapping your mother, you know. Which kid do you want to put the gun to? Well, as God, far as far as you have a sacred deer in song exactly. form. As far as your kids would be concerned, it would be Cass. Oh. <laughs> but, but I'm gonna have to side with Tony. Um, Electric Eye, even without the Hellion, that fucking riff. It's one of the first things I ever learned to play on guitar. You know, it's just it's so fucking iconic. And you want to talk about a song that will get you on your fucking feet. It's it's absolutely going to do it. So, uh, unless you have a compelling argument to make, I think... I, no, I just... I, those two should never be split apart. I agree. I don't give I, a shit I, I, what they bill it as. It's an intro to Electric Eye. That's all it is. It's, it's the intro. It's like the wind blowing at the beginning of Holy Diver. You can't just separate that and say it's a separate song. Yeah, it's but, an intro to the song. But that's actually a part of the track. I, I, well, let's so let's the technicalities go. The, the right song proceeded. We can move okay, on. Okay, fine. Because you won. Right. That's you what I'm right. arguing. <laughs> Electric Eye proceeds and will take the number one bracket position. The number one seed in Heavy Metal Marsh Madness 2. All right. We're in qualifying round number six. The winner of this qualifying round will be assigned bracket position number three, released January 4th, 1984, Defenders of the Faith. It charted number 19 in the UK, number 18 in the US, platinum in the US. Number one, Free Will Burn, which was released as a single. It charted number 42 in the UK. Number two, Jawbreaker. Number three, Rock Hard Ride Free. Number four, The Sentinel. Number five, Love Bites, which was released as a single. It did not chart. Number six, Eat Me Alive. Number seven, Some Heads Are Gonna Roll, which is um, a Selly Rain. I'm probably mispronouncing that. It's a cover song. A lot of people don't realize that. It was released as a single. It charted number 97 in the UK and number 42 in the US. Number eight, Night Comes Down. Number nine, Heavy Duty. And number 10, Defenders of the Faith. I'm going to start this round off. Put two minutes on the clock. Three, two, one, go. All right. How could I in good faith not include Free Will Burning? It's the intro, for Christ's sake, to my fucking, the, my whole thing. The beginning of this podcast. What's the words out of my mouth? Free Will Burning, Head Turning, Ass Kicking. Free Will 
burning. I fucking love this song. Defenders of the Faith sees Judas Priest at the heights of their mainstream success deliver an album that is just as good as its predecessor and it manages to be two times heavier at the same time. Quite frankly, this is a throw a dart and you'll pick a, a winner kind of situation, but when you have songs like The Sentinel, Rock Hard Ride Free, how could you go wrong with... But the answer is free will burn. It takes every Judas Priest hallmark and puts it into a kettle pot, boils it on high, and serves it with a tank of nitro-fucking-glycerin. If the guys in Priest were not high on speed during the time of recording this song, then only the only other explanation is that it was divine intervention because no human being should be able to play this fast and precise on that level. And holy fuck, I haven't even gotten to, to Halford spitting out 12 verses worth of words in 10 seconds. I don't know what the fuck he says. I don't care what he says. It's like, this is the equivalent of smoking a cigar while wearing leather pants while getting blown by Tony Katana and Camaro. This is a fucking metal fucking song. This is, this is the metal equivalent of aviator sunglasses. On, while you're wearing a denim vest, this this is <laughs> this, I don't know. So my entire life, cool. If this is not the benchmark for what a great song is, then you should have your fucking ears repossessed. Free will burning. That's my choice. I yield my time. All right, resetting the clock. All right, Scott. Three, two, one, go. God damn, this is gonna be easy. Mine was free will burning as well. Um. Pure falsetto well. Makes you want to hit the interstate wide fucking open, snorting cocaine off the dashboard while getting roadhead. It's just a badass song. Um, I, I can't add anything to what you say. We fucking fully agree, so that's that's it. All right. Reset the time. Two minutes on the clock. Fat Tony, three, two, one, go. Even though I lose, and I lose to it, <laughs> happily lose... This was my deep cut. Night Comes Down is my favorite song. That's a, and it's weird, too, because normally for Priest, I like the fast. I like the metal. This is a mid-tempo metal song. I just like the operatic vocals, the more you know bombastic characteristics of the song. That, that was my only... The next several ones are all... Uh, the next one's going to be real painful. But Night Comes Down, but I'm happy to lose. that. If I had a number two, if I would, it would have been Free Will Burn. It would have been my number two, but I had to go with what I actually like better. Night comes down. Nobody can fault you for that. All right. Based simply off the arguments, would anybody like to change their... Free will burn in. All right. <laughs> the, the, the eyes have it. Proceeding in the tournament to take the number three bracket position, we have free will burn in. I'm probably going to lose this next one for sure, but I don't care. Right. This next one's so fucking hard. I don't like, care. I can't, yeah. Every... There's one song on here that if somebody, if you pick that one song, I'll smack you. Every other song. Oh, shit. <laughs> it may be me. I, I don't, don't know what it'll be. I don't know. Number seven, qualifying round, we have Painkiller. It will be taking, uh, the winner of this uh, round will take the number six bracket position. It was released September 3rd, 1990. It charted number 26 in the UK and number 26 in the US. Gold status in the US. Now, think about this. The lead single off this album was Painkiller. To date, well, at that point, the the heaviest song they'd ever released. That was the only airplay they fucking got. And this album went to number 26 in the United States of America in the 90s. Rightfully so. 
cachet. They have swagger. They have a built-in fan base. The, the, the ground swell, it was just there. Number one, Painkiller, which, as I, as I said, was released as a single. It charted number 74 in the UK. Got a lot of radio or uh, video play in the United States. I, I remember being a kid, and this thing was on fucking, like, clockwork. Yep. Mm-hmm. Seizure-inducing music video. <laughs> yeah. Number two, Hell Patrol. Number three, All Guns Blazing. Number four, Leather Rebel. Number five, Metal Meltdown. Number six, Nightcrawler. Number seven, Between the Hammer and the Anvil. Number eight, A Touch of Evil which was released as a single. It charted number 58 in the UK and number 29 in the US. Number 9, Battle Hymn, and number 10, One Shot at Glory. All right, two minutes on the clock. Tony, three, two, one, go. There are no... A Touch of Evil is the only wrong answer on this album. But... but, God, it's so fucking good. (laughs) But, uh... God, if he picked it. The fucking Nightcrawler, man. It's got a slow build, fucking brutal riffs, a cool lyrical story of monsters killing people, killer fucking solos. Like, but again, it's, it could be just as much, you know, fucking Leather Rebel or fucking Hammer in the Anvil. But for me, it slightly edges it out with a little bit of crawl clawing at the window come to me at the other little break before it builds souls ascend to heaven while it feasts on flesh and blood and just fucking goes back into rock and that's the only thing that slightly sways it above the rest i yield my time all right two minutes on the clock scott three two one go like i said earlier this is my absolute favorite Judas Priest album. It's my main center patch on my vest. I love it. I love every single song. You can throw a fucking dart all damn day. Whenever I wrote my list and going through, though, I did pick A Touch of Evil. Oh, I love the, the keyboard synth in the back. I love the, the slow. I love the wind. Everything about it. It has epic behind it. There's a sadness to it. It's probably the slowest song that I've picked on the entire time we do this list. It is a great song. Fuck you, Fat Tony. It is a great song. Um, It tells a story. You get the lowest of his lows. And you get a chanting chorus. And I love that shit. It is a great song. Like I said, though, throw a fucking dart. I can see my time. All right, I'm resetting the clock. I love you. I love you. (laughs) Two minutes on the clock. You picked the word. Three, (laughs) two, one... (laughs) Let's take a trip back to 1990, where a stone's throw away from Kurt Cobain making a splash on the airwaves and ultimately on the ceiling of his house. (coughs) But in the dying days of metal, Judas Priest would release an album rightfully cementing them from not just being one of the best, but being the best metal band of their fucking era. That that album is painkiller. And much like Stained Class and Screaming for Vengeance, from my perspective... It's fucking perfect. There's not a bad album on the track. Every song chugs away with a vengeful fury, hell-bent on taking you to hell with the dying metal genre, but in a sea of twisted metal, my my choice, it just airs a little more on the melodic side, that track being... A touch of evil. Oh, oh my god! god! You know why? No, 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 no. You oh, can't. Crap. Go ahead. First things first, the addition of Scott Travis on drums took Priest to a completely different level with a drummer that this quality it allows Ian to really explore the possibilities. And A Touch of Evil, I think, is the best example 
of this dynamic duo really gelling, which over time has only gotten better. Glenn and KK deliver a, melod a melody that's almost operatic in its approach, and it just builds to one of my favorite moody guitar solos of all time. It it makes it like it seriously. I know it's funny, Tony's over here having a coronary, but it has the exact opposite effect on me. It like it touches it, it touches my soul. It's like it, it like really really fills mm -hmm. my heart. I, I can't imagine uh, it not doing that to somebody, but to each their own. The great thing about the solo, it works as a preamble to the shining moment for Halford because he breaks the sound barrier with his vocals. It's like nuclear arsenal, arousing me now with a sense of desire, possessing my soul till my body's on fire, a dark angel of sin, praying deeper within, come take me in, you're possessing me. This is a guy who is... Your time's up! My time's and up. And here's my thing. I'm not <laughs> saying Touch of Evil is bad. <laughs> but on an album of fucking plutonium heaviness... After the era of fucking hair metal, right there at the end, when it's still kicking, right there at the end, they put out pure British fucking steel metal. Every album, or every song on that album whoops your ass. You both pick the hipster choice. What? Of the fucking basically love ballad. That hey. is essentially no, no. I'm not. Y'all won this. I'm gonna, I'm gonna. I'm gonna get my statement before we're done. That any of it. If you just said metal meltdown, leather rebel, painkiller, all guns blazing. I could not have argued against any of those. The one song that sounds nothing like the rest of the best album ever. I love it so much. Sounds nothing like any other track on that All right. album. All right, Scott, what's your retort? Maybe that's the reason why we chose it. The rest of the it hipster is so rip-roaring heavy. That's, you can be and then that song comes on. It's Let's like move on or I will like, physically fight you both. Um, to me, this is almost like them doing a Dio song. Dude, I'll burn your that's house down. basically what this sounds like. This... It's such a... <laughs> if this is the ultimate one that wins all the brackets... I, there's burn. no way this there is going to win. Okay. Well, I had my piece. Y'all are entitled to enjoy what you want. song. And it has a slow... You know what made it good? The solo was amazing because it wasn't the fastest. It wasn't the most technical. But it's a solo that fit the fucking song. And that's why I love about this song, too, is it's slow, it's plotting, it's very, very good. Um, I'm sorry. Like yeah, I said, throw a dart. I'm not wrong. You get french fries at a Chinese buff food buffet. Fuck just no, it's I different. don't. I eat sushi. Uh, anyway, I'm done. But I, done. I don't <laughs> believe you. I don't want to. I don't want to argue. I don't want to argue against my own point. But I've seen you eat fucking French fries at a Chinese buffet. No, you buffet. have not. Yes, I, you've seen my son eat French fries. I do not eat French fries at Chinese buffets. You're a goddamn liar. It's true. I don't eat. I don't really like French fries that much. <laughs> anyway, I, I, I'm sorry, but my eyes say otherwise. <laughs> All right, uh, controversial pick, admittedly, but con uh, continuing to oh the number six bracket position, we have Touch of Evil from Painkiller. I did not All think right. that was going to move on. Number Holy eight crap. in the qualifying round, and this song or the song from this album will be assigned the number four bracket position, released October twenty eighth, nineteen ninety seven. We have Jugulator, the first album to uh, be helmed by a different singer. We have the legendary Tim Ripper Owens, who absolutely lives up to his name on this album, probably more so than uh, the album that uh, came afterwards. Mm -hmm. But in terms of Judas Priest records, I think we can all agree that this is this is one of the best that they oh, yeah. ever did. 
uh, it uh, charted number 82 in the U.S., and that's simply just uh, curiosity. Yeah. People, like, what's this going to sound mm-hmm. like? And I and I told this story before. Bruh. I walked from it's my house so several blocks away to CD Swap Shop in Morristown, Tennessee, the day of after school, to fucking get this. Um Quentin, I can't remember your fucking fucking last name, but I, I had him a couple of days early. Like, make sure that you fucking hold me a copy because this is the days when random things would sell out. Like, you just you never fucking knew. He held me a copy. I took that thing home, and hearing the songs off this album, it was just like holy fuck. You know, this is this is the next progressive step in this in this band. Um, number one. Jugulator. Number two, Bloodstained. Number three, Dead Meat. Number four, Death Row. Number five, Decapitate. A lot of D songs in this album. Number six, Burn in Hell, which was released as a single. It did not chart. Number seven, Brain Dead. Number eight, Abductors. Number nine, Bullet Train, which was released as a single. It did not chart. And number ten, Cathedral Spires. Scott, you got two minutes on the clock. Three, two, one, go. I was a, one of those people that was a purist. I didn't really listen to um, those two albums, four albums, until basically the last few years. And there's one song that you were like, this is the song you listen to if you want to listen to what Ripper does with Priest. And that was Cathedral Spires for me. That song is an epic Um Everything about it is epic. His voice, you get to see him soar, and it is like, I almost cried. I get goosebumps thinking about the first time I heard it. I was sitting in my living room, I had the the fucking, the speaker going, and it, like, it, there's, that's the, it's awesome. The word is awesome when you hear that song the first time, and I really wish um, I could see it live, but it'll probably never fucking happen. Um. Yeah, that's my song. Well, you might you might can see it with KK's priest. That's very possible. Sorry, I know you can see your time. I I jumped on your thing. I apologize, but KK's priest is very possible that they could perform that with with Tim Ripper Owens. All right, I'm going up next. Two minutes on the clock. Three, two, one. First off, Jugulator kicks ass. If Mm. you of are of the mindset that it sucks because Halford doesn't sing on it, you need to go and have your ears checked by a doctor. I absolutely mean no disrespect to Rob Halford, who is an absolute god, but Ripper Owens hits notes on this album that Halford couldn't reach with a stepladder. There's no fucking way he could hit these notes. Whatever the critical element of the Ripper era comes out, you'll end up, you know, held to scrutiny and, you know, for good or bad, uh, it would... The general consensus, people, the the argument they throw is that, oh, well, it would be better if Halford had been on it. Or it's good, but it's not as good what came before it. Some arguments valid, uh, but not when it comes to Cathedral Spires. Uh, This is an undeniable masterpiece, not just of the Ripper era. This is one of the best songs they ever recorded, Mm. period. Um, The fact this song is not on the set list for Priest is a tragedy, and I get it. Halford didn't sing on it. But here's here's my argument. Bruce Dickinson will sing songs he didn't Mm -hmm. write, even like the Blaze Bailey era songs. He'll do um, Sign of the Cross, 
and it's not his song. So I, I, it just comes down to I just don't think that Halford could hit these notes if he had a fucking rock and he was standing next to a broadside of a barn. And that's not me knocking the guy. He's 70 years old. But even then, when he was in his pro, like his 40s, like I just don't think he could have hit these fucking notes. Priest is has continually denied this album and Cathedral Spires is just, it's general it's just gross negligence because the world needs to hear this song the song has made Ripper Owens a legend and for that reason it deserves consideration for this qualifying round I yield my time alright two minutes on the clock Fat Tony three two one go I want to change my answer to something else, but there's only one correct answer on this album, and it is Cathedral Spires for all the reasons they've said. But that's kind of like, you know, getting served a shit sandwich, but to give you like a good mint afterward after the last choice. <laughs> but yes, uh, no, it was like, it, it is the fucking one of the most amazing songs like ever. That's what I was telling today when I was driving around listening to my. Uh, Choices. That's the one I kept re-listening to. Like it's just fucking. It's everything. The you know the 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 slow, the fast, the heavy, the the like he like Brandon said with a step ladder he couldn't do like there's. It's amazing. It's Cathedral Spires. It's unanimous. Well, but I want to change it to something else. Stupid. We we all. <laughs> What's interesting is like this was the album. Like I was. I really want this album on here, and then eventually we did put it back on here, but it like, got taken off, and I. It, it needs to be on here for that one song alone. It is one of the yeah. best songs ever written to me. I, I the rest of the album is shreds fucking heavy. Yeah. Well, you want to tell never... the story about you you and the bullet train sync? Uh, yes. I went and mail ordered the Japanese bullet train single because they had re- recorded uh, other classic tracks in the new Judas Priest heavy, chunky sound mm-hmm. with Ripper Owens. And then come to find out it was like released on like what a live album or something like very shortly. I paid like thirty something dollars in the nineties. You know, when I worked at fucking Food Line bagging groceries. I had to wait like fucking four months for yeah, it to get there. The, the world moved a lot slower back in those days. Um, but yeah, I, I, I don't think there's any argument. I think we are all in agreement. Cathedral Spires is going to continue and it will take the number four bracket position. All right, Ran Army. You know, it's up there with uh a song from the movie based on him. Probably stand up and shout. No. <laughs> Shut the fuck up. <laughs> you know, I've never been able to movie. finish I've never been able to finish the Marky Mark movie, Rockstar. I love it. It's like the that's one of the best fictional bands of all it's time. Too it's too hair metal. The Priest was never the hair metal. Yeah. Anyway. Well, they, the, they they flirted. They flirted. They flirted, but they never they never went full on. Fuck 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 that movie. Get the fuck out of my house. <laughs> All right, Rain Army, we have our eight heavy metal anthems moving into the quarterfinals. But first, here's some messages from our sponsors. Watching films is always better with friends, but we're not always so lucky. Until now. Thanks to Popcorn Fodder on Tubi, you can see eight films ranging from brilliant to bizarre and everything in between with your host, cult filmmaker and avid movie fan, Henrik Kuto, there to take you on the journey and keep you engaged with insights, trivia, and musings. Featuring films such as The Devil Times Five, Bruce Lee Fights Back, From the Grave, I Bury the Living, and Driller Killer. 
In the tradition of Elvira, Sven Gulli, and Joe Bob Briggs, we bring you Popcorn Fodder. You can watch all eight episodes completely free when you go to Tubi.com and search Popcorn Fodder, also available on Roku and just about any other way you stream your movies. I look forward to having you all join me for another round of Popcorn Fodder. Welcome back, Rant Army. It's down to eight songs, but only four can advance to the semifinals. First up, we have a monumental clash of priest tunes. First, from Jugulator, we have the immortal Cathedral Spires going up against a, the, the dark horse of all dark horses, <laughs> as we've come to realize. From Painkiller, we have Touch of Evil. <laughs> I'm so mad. I'm, I'm so mad. I'm glad it's going to get knocked off immediately. Two minutes on the clock. I'm going to start off. Three, two, one. For the sake of comedy. <laughs> <laughs> I, mean, I I would I would love to argue Touch of Evil. I, I think it's a great song. It, it is it's a, a standout. Uh, and, and and I'm meaning this sincerely. All those great fucking just in your face heavy metal ballads or heavy metal like so- songs. You know, just to beat beat at you. Having a song that's sort of a, the version is a nice for the flow of an album. But I'm not going to pick a Touch of Evil because in this instance you're 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 choosing either between a fucking Camaro, which is a nice car, or a Maserati. Well, come on. The, this, the, the, the terms of the horsepower, it's completely, completely unobjective. Like, this is only one choice. I will accept only one choice, and it's Cathedral Spires. For every reason I laid out previously, Cathedral Spires is an anthem that unfortunately is underloved, but it's a song that, like, I don't think I've ever met someone that, like, that I've been like, hey, listen to this song. And it hasn't grabbed their attention and ended up, you know, captivating that person enough to where they want to continue listening to it. A, a touch of evil might be the gateway to painkiller for some people. They might hear that and it might be the first step in them getting into the murky depths of the heavy songs. But Cathedral Spires is a fucking home run, a touchdown, and whatever like the the scoring is in badminton. I don't fucking know, but but it 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 does everything a fucking song should do. It's the perfect closer for an album. It encapsulates everything that was great about the uh, the era of Ripper Owens. So Cathedral Spires is my pick. I yield my time, and I'm gonna reset. Two minutes on the clock. All right, Fat Tony. Three. Two, one, go. Uh, of course, it's Cathedral Spires. I really don't need much of the time, but I'm going to say this. It's more of a choice between like a well-maintained 2008 you know, Nissan Sentra versus a Modera- Maserati. Nothing wrong with the <laughs> Nissan Sentra. It's fine, but it just shouldn't be. And, and it's good that you're not wrong about having a song to break up and give you a little breather, but just every other way wrong about it being superior to the things kicking your ass. But yes, Cathedral Spires, I, I won't debate. Take my time. All right, Scott. Two minutes on the clock. Three, two, one, go. <laughs> There's, I mean, it's already majority rules. 
But for the sake of argument, I do love A Touch of Evil. I stand by the song. It is a great song. Um, is it up to the level of Cathedral Spires? No. But it's still Judas Priest with Rob. It's still Rob singing his heart out. It still has a layer of theatricality to the song. That's why I like it so much. Um, but yeah, since I don't, there's no reason for me to even argue Cathedral Spires wins. Okay, well, the eyes have it. Cathedral Spires will continue to the next round of Heavy Metal March Madness. All right, match number two. This is another couple of absolute uh, bangers, which at this point, all eight of these songs are... They're all they're all top you got the tier. Bad one out of the way now. <laughs> <laughs> um, but this this was probably going to incite a little more internal debate. We'll we'll see as we continue on. Match number two from 1984's Defenders of the Faith. We have Free Will Burning going up against probably uh, the first truly great priest song in the Ripper from Sad Wings of Destiny. Two minutes on the clock. Tony, you're up first. Three, two, one, go. Okay, this is really fucking hard. Like, mm-hmm. I didn't look at the brackets he's written out. Uh, it's, this is, like, if somebody disagrees with me, I'm not going to argue. But Free Will Burning kind of gets it out by, like, you know, it like a half a car length ahead. But, oh my god, it's just hard to argue against the other song, too. But yeah, I'm the only thing I can think is free will burning. I have to go with my heart and my immediate gut reaction. Pained as it was hearing those two songs paired up together, because there are other songs that are on this list I would have knocked out over either one of those. But up against each other, free will burning. Okay, and I have the unfortunate task of following that. Two minutes on the clock. Three, two, one. I almost feel like I'm arguing against myself because my my brain says free will burning and my heart says the ripper or actually I could probably flip that. For personal taste, I would go free will burning, but in terms of like iconic songs, it's the ripper, man. This is really fucking hard. So fuck. Uh, proverbially, uh, you know, gun to my head. If I had to fucking pick, fuck. Um, I don't know. I I don't know that I could do this. Uh, I'm I'm going to. God damn it! Uh, fuck. I'm gonna say I'm gonna say the Ripper by fucking cunt hair, and that's being generous because even though like I don't think I would rather hear this song to Free Will Burning. It's so synonymous with the band. I mean, it named the second singer of of the uh, of the lineup, uh, and it's definitely a song that has been covered. I mean, King Diamond did a cover of it's, the Ripper. Yeah, it's amazing. <sighs> so that's that's my pick, the Ripper. I concede my time and reset the clock. Mm. It's all on you. So I'm last though, because like I, I get to hear both arguments. All right, um, two on the clock, Scott. Three. Two, one, go. I, I didn't think this would be as difficult as what it is. Uh, the Ripper, I, like I said, I love the theatricality, and it tells a story, a very defined story. And the first time you hear him do the wail in the background, God damn, it 
it's a moment you always remember. Um, but free will burnings like snorting cocaine off my wife's tiny titties and just fucking go at a million miles an hour, okay? I don't, I love them both, but I'm going to have to go with fucking free will burning. Uh, gun to my head, free will burning. Ah, I'm done. I mean, cocaine and titties are great, so, I mean, yep. you made the right choice, but it is a hard call. All right, uh, based off the arguments, would anybody like to change their stance? No. It, was, it was hard picking the first time. I ain't changing that. Yeah. I, I, I'm going to... I'm going to agree with you guys. I will change my argument, even though like the eyes already have it. But I mean, really, fuck. I mean, there's no wrong there, there's answer. no wrong answer. No. But I, I, it is somewhat of a betrayal to to myself to say anything other than free will burning. It's it's a part of the the mantra. You know, it's the first thing you hear at the top of the mm-hmm. fucking episode. Every every episode of the Rants from the Black Lodge podcast. So. Continuing on in the in the tournament, we have Free Will Burning from 1984's Defenders of the Faith. Whoo, that was hard. It ain't gonna get easier. <laughs> uh, you think it, you think that one was hard? I think this one might be just as hard, if not harder. Match number three in our quarterfinal round, we have from 1982, Screaming for Vengeance, Electric Eye, <laughs> going up against 1978's title track. Hellbent for leather. Oh, God. Two minutes on the clock. Scott, you're starting us out. Three, two, one, go. Mm. Uh, uh, I, uh, this is really difficult. This is. I love Electric Eye. I really do. Um,. It's 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 everything magic, um, but it doesn't have the hellion with it, so that's the, what makes it a little bit weaker for me. You keep jerking yourself off over there, but hellbent, hellbent for leather. I mean, it is Rob Halford to a T. It you you know exactly what you're getting into. It has all the rest. It has the chorus. It has everything you need. I'm going with hellbent for leather. Don't kill me, Tony. <laughs> I, I won't. I mean, all right. It's hard, man. All right, two minutes on the clock, Tony. Three, two, one, go. I understand. This is a hard one. I'm not even mad about your incorrect choice, and it's let's definitely get off the right. Electric Eye is the <laughs> only right answer. Again, again, it's super hard. I get it. You know, Hellbent for Leather was my choice. I love that song. You know, it just makes you want to put on some assless chaps, go drink God, beer right. at the, the, the Blue Oyster. I can't remember the bar that was in the Police Academy movies or whatever. <laughs> but uh, it's a fucking great party song. But that's what it ultimately is, is a party song. Electric Eye is a motherfucking anvil of fucking metal cracking your fucking skull open and just showing the full range of what Judas Priest can do as a metal weapon. Not a band. They're a weapon in that song, and they kick your fucking ass. So I yield my time. Fuck. <laughs> All right, two minutes on the clock. Three, two, one, go. You know, in terms of stature, uh, Hellbent for Leather does probably have the the edge on Electric Eye. That being said, what song would I prefer to hear? 
it does it does hurt that you don't have that wonderful intro of the hellion but i'm going to choose electric eye and the reason i'm going to choose it is because if this song doesn't convert you to a Judas Priest fan, they're not fucking for you. Mm-hmm. Hellbent for Leather is a little abrasive. It, it's 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 definitely got those moments where it leans a little more melodic, and it'll be stuff that like that your average Joe Schmo could probably get into. But you know, someone screaming Hellbent Hellbent for Leather uh, might put some people off. There might be some some uh, some homophobes out there that don't care for the uh, the you know the, the iconography and stuff, and that doesn't fucking bother me in the least. Um, not gay at, at all. But fuck Rob Halford in like 1982 or 78 and wearing the fucking like leather gimp outfit. Like that's pretty fucking metal in my opinion. But I'm gonna have to go. I'm gonna have to go Electric Eye. It, it, in terms of just sonic soaring, it it has everything I could want out of a priest song. That 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 fucking riff is just tear you to shreds, mm-hmm. and Halford belts out just notes that uh, will sonically destroy. You know, it, it's like the laser blowing up Alderaan in Star Wars. It's it's just <laughs> fucking explosive. I yield my time. My my choice is Electric Eye. Okay, based off the arguments, would anybody like to change their pick? I mean, I've I've lost by a mile, but at the same time, they're both incredible songs, so I I don't care. I'm glad that I lost. It's a great song. It still needs the Hellion attached. I'll die on this hill. Electric Eye proceeds to the next round in Heavy Metal March Madness. And things are going to be tough in this next uh, bout we have. Match number four. (laughs) From 1980, we have the metal-clad anthem of all anthems metal gods going up against the ballad of heavy metal beyond the realms of death from stained class i'm up first two minutes on the clock three two one Beyond the Realms of Death is a fucking fantastic song. So in terms of like songwriting, it's probably a better song in every conceivable way. But Judas Priest is a metal band. And when you're championing metal, ultimately you're distilling it down to those those core elements. As a song that's going to be like a, a fucking sledgehammer, blow, just blowing you away, knocking you into fucking, you know, into space mentally. Metal God's is the equivalent of taking pots and pans and like picking them up and dropping them. That that fucking rhythm, it will shake you to your fucking core. It, it is literally like a vibration that hits you and inside of you, it gets your blood pumping, it pushes you forward. You cannot fucking sit still hearing this song. And there's little touches in it that I really like. Like the parts where you hear like whipping and like swishing, which is literally somebody just taking a fucking samurai sword and just swishing it close to the microphone. Does the song need it? No. But any song that has a fucking katana in it's badass in my fucking book. (laughs) And how many fucking katanas are there in Beyond the Realms of Death? Last time I fucking checked, zero. So my, my choice is Metal Gods. It's not an easy choice but I'm just, in terms of just straight heavy metal, it's pretty fucking to the point. It's a bullet between the eyes, and my choice is Metal Gods. I yield my time. 
Reset the clock. Scott, you're up next. Two minutes on the clock. Three, two, one, go. Beyond the Realms of Death is a much better song, but I feel like a lot of people could do it and cover it well. Which song would I really listen to? Beyond the Realms of Death. But what's... This is about metal, for the sake of metal. It's Judas fucking Priest. I'm gonna have to go with Metal Gods. It is a metal song. And seeing it live is amazing. Like, it's it's a song that chants. And I love that. And it's it putting me in that environment. If I'm gonna see one... Play one of them, it'd probably be Metal Gods. Because that's a moment. Uh, so I'm going Metal Gods. That's it. Concede my time. All right. Yield. Two minutes on the clock, Tony. Bring it on home. Three, two, one, go. Metal Gods, for the reason you're arguing, Beyond the Realms of Death, it's like a great song. But, like, it's not Judas Priest. It's not defining to who Judas Priest is. Mm -hmm. It's just a great song they happen to write. Metal Gods. I mean, there's really no other debate. I don't need my time. All right. I mean, we're all in yeah. a, we're all in agreement, but based simply off of uh, anybody having second thoughts, anybody want to change their argument and try and sway the sway the herd? Mm-mm. I'm good. All right, the answer is metal guns. Now, in the midst of this bloody heavy metal war, now only four are left standing as we move into our semifinals of heavy metal March Madness. But here's some messages. From our sponsors first. Hold me. Hey, assholes, it's me, Boner the Skeleton, mascot of the Rants from the Black Lodge podcast, here to sell you some shit you probably can't afford. Are you low on cash? That's not a problem. Sell your blood. Sell your children. Go to the jack-off clinic and give them a sperm sample. We don't care how you get the money as long as you give it to us. Would you like a t-shirt? A mug or a sticker to show that you're a true friend and a member of the Rant Army? Well, all you gotta do is go to RantArmy.com. And if you don't buy something, then fuck ya! Alright, welcome back, Headbangers. It's down to the top four, but only two can advance to the finals of Heavy Metal March Madness. In our first match of two matches, all of these four songs are absolute bangers, and this is going to be a tough call. And up first will be Fat Tony, two minutes on the clock. Your choices are Metal Gods from 1980s British Steel going up against Jugulators Cathedral Spires. Three, two, one, go. Okay, for the same reason we're talking about Beyond the Realms of Death, being a great song, but not in the DNA of Judas Priest, the same, like, I probably like as a song uh, Cathedral Spires more than Metal Gods. But Metal Gods is fucking Metal Gods. When you see them live and they play it and it just... You know, all the goodness and pure... Like, no babies die when that song's playing. I, th- I think that's the one I said it about. Like, it is just a fact that... as It isn't really a painful choice. It's two amazing songs, but one is the correct answer. Metal Gods. Because, I mean, that's just... 
That's just everything they are. I yield my time. All right, Scott. Resetting the clock. Two minutes up. If I can get it to do right. All right, three, two, one, go. Mm. <sighs> Cathedral Spires is an incredible song. It's I don't see very many people doing it. If they ever did, I mean, hell, you don't get to see it done today by anybody. But is it synonymous with the band? No, not really. Um, so I have to go with Metal Gods just simply because Rob Halford is the Metal God. This is Judas fucking Priest. It'll have to be Metal Gods. But I, which one would I listen to right now? Cathedral Spires. Go ahead. All right. And then I have to uh, you follow this up. All right, two minutes on the clock. Three, two, one. I, I'll, I agree with a lot of the sentiments that you guys have laid forth. I think Cathedral Spires overall in terms of just writing is a, is a much better song. It's a song that will grow on you more that you listen to it. It's like, you know, a, a welcome to fungus. <laughs> Metal Gods is just a, it's just fucking great out the gate. And it's a song that I could put on any time of day, any month of the year, any year of my life. And I'm going to get as much out of it as I did the first time. And, on album, it's great, but seeing this song live is transcendent, and I would love the opportunity to be able to see Cathedral Spires live, but I just don't know that that moment would persist beyond that one time in the way that seeing Metal Gods has and would for me, because I've seen them, I've seen Priest live once. I could see Priest a hundred times, and every time they do Metal Gods, I'm going to be like on the verge of tears you know, bated breath, pumping my fucking fist, stamping my feet, and screaming my lungs out. So, in the short term, I think Cathedral Spires would be an amazing thing, and it would probably top it for that moment. But I don't know that I would get that return investment every single time. So, for that reason, I'm going to have to pick Metal Gods. So, I, I think we're all in agreement. Metal Gods is the, the winner of match number one in the semifinal round of Heavy Metal March Madness and it will a lot proceed. Of wouldn't even put you no know, those two albums on this list. So the fact that he made it to the like Ripper made it to the final four, yeah. I'm very happy because that song deserved to have made it this far. It did. Well I guess we should talk really quickly about the way in which we came about this because we actually had to reload a couple of times. Um, at first, everything was open, like open playing field, and some of the newer Priest albums made it onto this list. Firepower. But because of that, we ended up not having, um, you know, s some older Classics. albums that like would be just Sacrilegious. outright wrong not to have, you know, stained class. And we when we still didn't have Sin After Sin on this album, which is mm -hmm. another, you know, album that's like on the road to like them becoming like truly great, you know, fucking bands. But it was hard. And I wish we could have done it all, but you know, it's just we got limited time too. So Well, I mean I mean really we have old unlimited well. time as long as there's breath in our bodies. But <laughs> for the purposes of this podcast, we want to streamline it as much as possible. And we'll have some uh, honorable mentions later on but just put it to you this way this has not been an easy task no. in any any regard the preliminary the preliminary issues were hard enough and then just getting in front of you guys and arguing these points and everybody's making great points and you you have to 
kind of fight between your heart and your and your head sometimes. We've had cum, katanas, cocaine, and titties in this one episode. This is amazing. Cum hot and, stuff. I'm gonna yes, start sir. I'm starting a band called Cum and Katanas. <laughs> for we're an all we, we only do songs about blood sport and, and fucking Kumate. 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 That's our name of our debut album. There you go. It went four times platinum. Okay, match number two, and this is going to be another one that's absolutely hard to uh, to fuck to to nail down. Hard to fuck. And Scott, you have the oh, unmitigated, <laughs> unmitigated yes. task of being the one to start us off. Oh man! From 1984's Defender of the Faith. Defenders of the Faith, you have Free Will Burning going up against 1982's Screaming for Vengeance's Electric Eye. Scott, two minutes on the clock. Three, two, one, go. I don't like this. <laughs> this one hurts like bad because I love both these songs. You know, I've said it several times. I'm, I'm into those fast-paced, heavy-driven songs. And... Uh, Electric Eye is definitely... This is difficult, guys. It really is. Um, I don't like... Ah, oh, fuck. Free Will Burning is a song I'll put on every time I'm in the car. But I... I won't skip Electric Eye either. I'm, I'm going back and forth. There, there is not a definitive one for me. I know there is for Tony. So... Put it to you this way. I don't have to interject, but like, what, what, think about them as your children. Oh, which no, one, don't do which that. Which one's Cass and which one's Luna? <laughs> oh, that sucks. <laughs> <laughs> Everything after Electric Guy was built upon that. So I'm going to go Electric Guy. I'm going to take the cheap option because it is. <sighs> Fuck it, Electric Guy. I'm, I'm going to stop arguing with myself. I'm just going to go Electric Guy. <laughs> It still needs the Hellion, though. God damn it, Brandon. All right, two minutes on the clock. I'm up next. Three, two, one, go. This is fucking hard because both of these are iconic in their own way. When you when you think about singles from albums, Free Will Burn is in a fucking anomaly. It's, it's almost like testing the waters for what they did with Painkiller. It's like you had other songs that would probably have been better options in terms of like radio hits, mm-hmm. but they come out the gate with one of the heavier songs on the album, and I have to respect them for that because their big dick swinging moment mm-hmm. right there, we're on top of the fucking world, and they had their moment of like, we're going to release the fucking heavy song, and if you buy the album, you do. If you don't, you don't. And it, it worked out fairly well for them. It also did lead to some the somewhat of the the downfall of the band in, in Turbo, which is a divisive album. We'll we'll talk about that when we get to our honorable mentions. Oof. But fucking screaming for vengeance, my god, it's it's perfect on like every level and a great song among other great songs. There's just no lull in the album and to start that album off with such a fucking titanic of a song like no other band could could follow that song with songs that are just as good if not better free will burning is a shining example on defenders of the faith electric eye is just the fucking beginning of a great album so i'm gonna have to say electric eye um begrudgingly uh, against my my heart and my head or in conflict but either one of these would be fine answers 
I yield my Tony swerves us. (laughs) Free will burn. (laughs) All right, two minutes on the clock, Tony. Three, two, one, go. This is where I for. This is where I forgive you for touch of evil. You chose the correct (laughs) answer. You chose the mod. That's like, and I get that. This is this one was a lot harder for me than the Sabbath one. The Sabbath ones, I fucking know what songs I love. Doesn't matter. But that's this is like holding NIB. Up against War Pigs. Both great songs, both legendary, but one's the obvious correct answer. Electric Eye is the correct answer. It is the greatest Judas Priest song of all time. I'm going ahead and tipping my hat. I don't care what y'all argue later. But now against Metal Gods, this is hurting. I'm actually kind of dreading because I don't have an argument for, for any, any one of them. But Electric Eye is and always will be my favorite Judas Priest song. One of my favorite concert moments at the best concert I ever I've ever been to. You're not going to beat Judas Priest Black Sabbath on the same stage. I yield my time. All right. Uh, would, would anybody like to describe themselves as having a mental defect and, and arguing the incorrect point, or are we all in agreement We're that Electric Eye is the, the, the runaway winner? Yes. All right, guys, coming up in our main <coughs> event, we pit Electric Eye versus Metal Gods to declare an uncontested victor in 2022's Heavy Metal March Madness Tournament. But first, here's some messages from our sponsors. <laughs> Oh, hello. Do you know about Project Louder? Well, let me tell you. Project Louder is home to 16 of the finest podcasts a nerd could possibly procure. They have a show for everyone. Whether you're into horror films, modeling comics, 90s kid shows, or that weird tentacle-filled subgenre you search for at 3 in the morning. So head on over to projectlouder.net and treat yourself to something truly exquisite. Alright, this is it, Rant Army. The moment we've all been waiting for. Metal Gods versus Electric Eye to decide which Judas Priest song reigns supreme in the Tournament of All Tournaments Heavy Metal March Madness 2022. Our final match, Electric Eye versus Metal Gods. And I, unfortunately, have the task of being the first one to uh, either gain the adulation or the ire of our listening audience and the people sitting on at this uh, at this very table. Three, two, one, go. Either one of these songs, I would be absolutely fine with being played at my funeral. Um, if I ever decide to to wear a marry a woman, these would be perfect songs for her to come down to the aisle with. <laughs> um, these are both songs that uh, a child should be born to. Exactly. Conceived to, born to. Um, disciplined to, um, <laughs> but God damn it. Th- this is, I mean, obviously this is going to be the hardest one. We've, we've withered all these songs down to the core <clears throat> and I want to choose electric eye because given the opportunity, it's a song I would rather hear. But at the same time, I feel like Metal Gods is the more iconic song in terms of the band. So I'm really, really conflicted. 
And I, I know this is going to be a, a stick in the, the crawl of everybody, but had the Hellion been a part of Electric Eye, I don't think I would even be making this consideration right now. But just to, just to throw a monkey wrench in everything, and we'll we'll see how everything plays out. I'm going to be the odd man out, maybe. Or maybe I won't be. I don't know. But I'm going to choose Metal Gods. And may God have mercy on my soul. Lemmy, I, I await your judgment in Valhalla. Let Tony go next. <laughs> Tony, Tony is up next. Yay! Two minutes on the clock. Three, two, <clears throat> one, go. I, like, you have good points. And I'm, first off, Electric Eye. It, it, it is the only, it feels, we talk about head and heart. This is the only song that both are aligned to. I know it doesn't have the Hellion intro. It doesn't need it. It isn't amazing. It's their opener. It was iconic. Metal Gods is a mid-tempo concert, or mid-concert boot crowd boost to get the crowd going. Electric Eye really shows everything that makes Judas Priest awesome. I know I'm going to lose. I already know Scott's picking Metal Gods just to piss me off. No, because it doesn't have the Hellion. And I get that, and I accept that. I accept if Metal Gods wins, that's fine, but I cannot back down a, a millimeter from the fact that there is no other song that Judas Priest has that more powerfully just screams to me of like, this is Judas Priest, this is metal, this is this is joy, this is greatness. This is what gods look like and sound like. And I know Metal Gods, is it's too on the nose. Because <laughs> they are Metal Gods, but no, but I mean, it's fine. If, if it doesn't win, it came in second, but without a doubt, and as much as it does pain me, it does pain me to make the correct choice for Electric. Uh, I wish it would have been most any other song on that list, but Metal Gods. But Electric Eye, I yield my time. Well said. Uh, compelling arguments on both sides, and, and now the the deciding blow will be cast by Fat Fuck Scott. You oh. have two minutes on the clock. Three, two, one, go. A lot of contemplation. That's why I was really hoping I'd go last. Although I didn't realize I would be having to make the deciding vote, which makes us way rougher. So I'm attributing my decision based on the concert I went to because when we first got there, in fact, I was like, they haven't played this the entire time, so I don't think they're going to. And then Electric Guy kicked in and I lost my goddamn mind. Metal Gods is an epic. It's an epic song. It's a great song. I love hearing it. And even without the intro, though, Electric Eye is Judas Priest to me. It's one of those songs that has you chant, you sing the whole song together. It has those catchy as fuck riffs. So I'm going Electric Eye. Tony has won two fucking March Madnesses in a row from the beginning, calling his shot. And I was I was willing to let this one go, but but you are correct and made the correct choice, sir, and I applaud you. It's. It's just, just for the record, uh, to to keep these arguments interesting, sometimes I have to I have to play devil's advocate, uh -huh. and this was 
probably even harder than than Black Sabbath because it was for me. Oh, way harder. Because um, really, I mean, the, all of those songs were sort of well carved out in, in in advance, with the exception of those last two albums. But this was a lot more wide open in terms of like songs that could make it to yeah. the end. If there had been, if any other, like there's definitely some songs that if it would have went against Electric Eye, I would have been a lot more definitive on my answers. The final four. That was rough because of what got to the final four for me. Yeah. And, geez, but there's... The cream did rise to the crop. Uh, you know, it was, like, the, the final four was hard. Like, I, I had my answer. I knew my answer, but still, it doesn't lessen the blow of having to say, this is better than that. I, in my heart, it's this is different than that. You know, I to me, it's like 1A, 1B kind of thing. Yeah. It's, it's you know... Uh, cunt hair away difference in terms of, and they're, it's just they're different. It's like one is better for this moment and one's better yes. for this. One, one throws you into gear, one one kind of transitions you into the next one. They're, they're both perfect for what they are and I, I'm glad to have defended Metal Gods but the gods have spoken and there's only one choice for the winner of the 2022 Heavy Metal March Madness Bracket Tournament, the best Judas Priest song for now and all to eternity, even without the Hellion, mm. is Electric Eye from 1982, Screaming for Vengeance. Let's give it a round of applause. Woo! All right. Please send your hate tweets uh, elsewhere. Because <laughs> it's now in aforementioned, uh, the, the, we are the authority. If you, if and you disagree with us, yeah, you're wrong. You are absolutely wrong. Short of Rob Halford or K.K. Downing walking in here right now and telling me I'm wrong, I will not concede. Yeah, if you're not in the band, or have not been a, a, a founding member, then you can fuck off. Now, this has been a lot of fun, but it's also been really hard as hell. Yeah. Because by no fault of their own, a lot of great pre-songs weren't included in this because the album they appeared on was eliminated in our preliminary rounds, which didn't even make it to air. That being said, I think it's only right that we pay homage to some of these tunes by each of us giving three honorable mentions, and you can elaborate a little bit on why you chose those picks as you know, as short or as long-winded as you see it necessary. Um, first up, Tony, what are your three honorable mentions? My three honorable mentions from Firepower, I'm Never the Hero, another one of their mid-tempo jams, really love that song. From Turbo, oh, sorry, Brie, Turbo Lover. I do. <laughs> apparently, I just found out you hate that song. Yeah, so, guess who's not getting cocaine snorted yeah, off no the little titties? titties for Scott. <laughs> but uh, yeah, no, Turbo Lover. It's just a good jab. Like uh, I just, it's just a fun song, and it, it did, it did amuse me back in the '90s when he came out as gay. Just to imagine him, just like. Beast fucking some little bitty skinny Asian dude in a leather bar, like, uh, and then that, from Ram It Down, I have Blood Red Skies. That was a, that's a song I really do dig. It is really fucking awesome. That's more again more of a deep cut. But I, I love I love Blood Red Skies. The one, my one knock on Ram It Down is it's uh it's like a fucking drum machine because yeah. Dave Holland had left the band and and. I don't know that I really notice it as much on fucking uh, cassette tape, but I can tell you the moment yeah. I got that on CD, oh, yeah. I was like, man, something doesn't sound right that on this album. That was glass shattering on. Like, I didn't even realize. I didn't even thought about it. And then you told me that, and it was like, the glass shattered. I was like, oh, fuck. That make, oh. 
Yep. <laughs> and another thing about Ram It Down, it was intended, to, it was going to be twin turbo, because the idea is that when they were transitioning into the turbo era, it was going to be a double album, and there was going to be the commercial leanings on one disc, or album at that point and then the other the other part was going to be the harder songs from ram it down and there's a lot of songs that were recorded during that time that have never been released evidently they went on full full into the like uh hair metal like pop Oh, arena no. and and they were they were so disgusted with themselves they locked those songs away probably never to be heard or at least until everyone's Everyone dead, dead yeah. and here's the thing they're either like the best shit you never heard for a band that should be making music like that or they're the worst shit ever recorded and thank god they were never released because you know, I'm not a, an all metal or nothing kind of guy I mean mm-hmm. I like I like some stuff but you just you don't want to see your heroes betray what they stood for sometimes it's like i'm, I'm fine with uh like somebody like glenn hughes like doing a fucking hard rock album and then doing like a soul record or something because he has that provenance through his career but what i want to see fucking deep purple do a fucking rap album fuck no like now that's <laughs> the only thing i want so that that's my take on it um my honorable mentions, uh, number one, you have Desert Plains from Point of Entry. A lot of people don't like Point of Entry, and I get it because it's the first sign that they were trying to go for like singles and like achieve a little more, more of that like mainstream success, and the lows are low on that album, but the heights are really high, and my choice would be Desert Plains because if this has not been used in a motorcycle ad... You know, like a motorcycle just just plowing through like the fucking desert someplace. Like you're you're leaving money on the table because this absolutely should be fucking used. But it, it's got a great groove to it. It's another mid tempo song. It picks up at points. It drops down. It's just it's a it's a great song overall. Number two from Ram It Down, Hard as Iron. This is the sound of a runaway train about to derail. It's just metal as fuck. That riff is too good. For an out al- for a song on that album, it, it really it really should have been um, given a couple of rewrites, and that could have been basically a part of a song at the very least on Painkiller. I think yeah. there was there was the beginnings of something truly great there. And number three, and this was the the biggest spit in the face that this didn't end up in the album or in the tournament because if this song had been in the tournament this would have been probably the song I would have been fighting hardest for for the uphill battle Dissident Aggressor from Sin After Sin this is the moment where Priest became metal mm-hmm. yeah. this this is uh, Halford's opening screen this it's you could break glass with it this is just the heavy chug like the fucking Slayer took this and like basically brought it into like the stratosphere in terms of like memorability but they paid homage to like what was there and really other than just uh some minor differences in the tempo like they they do a faithful rendition of it because the song was already fucking cheese grater rough to the ears great fucking stuff scott what are your honorable mentions little little Redhead stepchild here, I guess, but uh, I took Bloodsuckers from Demolition, like I mentioned earlier while we were off the air. But it's not a that Jugulator is not a great or not Jugulator. Demolition is not a great album like Jugulator, but there is still gold, and I think Bloodsuckers is one of those songs that needs to be given a second look. 
Um, my second one is Lightning Strike from Firepower. Great song. Um, that entire album to me is gold, and it was a return to form and like the highest caliber. Uh, I remember them the video and the song were released. I was fucking giddy as shit because I was like, "Holy crap!" Um, just metal as fuck. And then my last one um, off Point of Entry, heading out to the highway. It's a song. It's more of a hard rock song. Um, a lot of people could cover it and probably do a great cover of it. It's it's almost like an Eagle song to me. But if you put it on, like I liked, um, I used to drive three hours to and from work, um, round trip. I mean, and it's one of those songs I like putting my windows down, just letting my hair blow and heading out to the highway. Yeah, that's the hair between his legs. I was fixing to <laughs> say there's street corners everywhere. Where are you driving? <laughs> Uh, all, all great choices, and I mean that's just the tip of the iceberg. I mean, with a career that's lasted fifty years, uh, even even the bad priest songs are better than a lot of stuff that's mm-hmm. pumped out today. Uh, and and I know that the priest first album is the least priest of any priest album, but uh, I still go back and I'll listen to that and be like, mm-hmm. man, there's there's some good stuff on here, albeit just not great Judas Priest songs. So um, as far as like terms of like just albums like what would you say is your favorite all-time priest album scott i've already said it repeatedly painkiller uh, that movie's all killer or not movie that uh, album's all killer no filler to me i fucking throw a dart and that's the reason why we ended up with touch of evil earlier <laughs> um, uh, i love that album so yeah 100 yeah, painkiller i mean it just is a hit when i was nine Right when I was stopping, you know, just listening to what my brother, you know, started, because he actually started getting the rap around this time, but, you know, he got me into metal, I got him, but at nine years old, I started getting my own taste, and then fucking Painkiller comes out and destroys my fucking soul and reforges it in iron. Definitely my favorite album. I mean, but again, it's like favorite... Like a 1A, 1B. There are others, you know, Screaming for Vengeance and, you know, Hell Even uh, Jugulator. You know, it's a matter of inches, but the the front runner is Painkiller. You know how old I was when it came out? You weren't born. I was eight months old. Oh, oh fuck okay. you, you baby. <laughs> um, as, as a kid... Uh, uncontested Screaming for Vengeance was my favorite um, you know you got another thing coming the radio hits like it just it it, reson- it resonated because it, yeah. because of familiarity however I, I, finding staying class on record and and seeing the fucking Silver Surfer with a fucking rod shooting through his head or whatever the fuck that album cover is um, it just spoke to me in ways that like that that truly like when when music hits and it hits like in the right way in a lasting way that like changes you i can honestly say that's one of the albums that like that moved me from like contemporary what was going on contemporarily and like made me say i need to be seeking out music from Mm -hmm. before because there's good stuff going on but there's a lot I'm unfamiliar with out there, and I want to. It made me want to seek out music, and I think that is the the best thing that music, mm-hmm. in a whole, sure. can do. Um, now we really haven't talked about this, uh, uh, but uh, I'm going to make a a rant's recommendation uh, on behalf of both myself and Fat Tony. Uh, popcorn fodder. Hell yes, popcorn fodder, fodder. Hail Tubi. 
Brandon said, uh, you know, told me about this. You know, it's kind of a horror movie host with lo-fi, good cheesy horror movies. It's fucking great. Devil, Devil Times Five. Go to Tubi right now. Watch that episode. It's so fucking good. Um, a lot, of, a lot. Of, if you like Joe Bob Briggs or El, the old Elvira shows, like you'll enjoy horror movie hosts. Good horror movie. And I, I reached out to um, to the good people at Popcorn Fodder, and um, they provided us with a an audio ad because. I, I want people to know about this. I want people to, to support this guy because he's doing what, God, I wish I could be doing. You know yeah. what I mean? Like well, Now I know what I'm doing tonight. Heck yeah. <laughs> I, I, I really do think, I'll, if you, especially if you enjoy the you know the, what we normally do on here, you know, heavy metal marsh madness is sort of a, an anomaly, but our bread and butter is you know cult and horror films, and I think this is right up your alley, so please go to Tubi. There's also uh, episodes on, on YouTube, so between those two avenues, you're going to be able to find it. Uh, the dude who runs it, great dude, and we're very glad uh, to have him on board, and we're going to... Uh, spread this to as many people as we possibly can. I think that's going to close us up, um, and we'll be back next month in April. Um, I'll go ahead and let you know what we're doing. We're going to do a in-depth retrospective for April Fool's Day mm. on the 1st, and then later in the month, uh, we'll be talking about a big thing on the horizon for us, our first full-blown convention uh, appearance and that being FrankenCon. Very very briefly, you guys want to talk about uh, the excitement of I've been so fucking excited. I'm fixing to order a fresh new shirt. I've, I've told my work I'll quit before missing. Uh, I've already thankfully had COVID again. That's why I missed Leprechaun, my favorite Leprechaun movie. But uh, we're, I'm just, I can't wait to get out there. I can't wait for anybody who wants to come up to the booth and touch my breasts. They mm-hmm. can. No charge. But you have to look me dead in the eyes and no, make, no blinking eye contact. But other than that, no, I'm really looking forward to Brandon's got a lot of cool shit. I just going to be a great I'll, I'll has done so much in preparation for this conversation. I'll, I'll leave a lot of that. Uh, we'll discuss that at a, awesome. at a later time. But I'm still working on things. And these... These goodies we're we're gonna be giving away, uh, fan, fucking fantastic shit that like I wish, um, you know, if I yeah, were going you to guys a con, been spoiled man, yeah, really, yeah, above and beyond, above and beyond. Um, till then, please subscribe to the Rants and the Black Lodge podcast on one of the many platforms we're available on, including Apple Podcasts and Spotify. Pretty much anywhere podcasts are available, you can track us down. Don't forget to stop by our webpage at JuicyKruger.com. Follow us on social media at Rance Black Lodge. And for the love of Cthulhu. Thank you. <laughs> go buy a mug or a t-shirt from our web store at RantArmy.com. For Fat Fuck Scott and Fat Tony, this is Brandon A. Lane signing off. Till next month, Rant Army, keep marching.
Every thought, so I found my draw.